¿Cómo estamos? Oh, you speak Spanish. Woo. Let me get acquainted here a little bit. Um, to be all on, to, to all honesty, uh, I've been enjoying myself up until this moment. Um, not gonna lie. I mean, Rex, Israel, forget those dudes, right? Drew. And tonight we get to hear from Pastor Adam himself. Let's go. Uh, before I get into what I have for you today, this morning, um, I'll be really honest for you with you today. Um, I was. I was just coming for one thing. And, and that was for where you're at. Where you at? That was for your promise. I don't, e I, I don't even pray for people that way. <laughs> um, but really, that, that's, that's what I've been praying this whole year and last year. And to get to hear from you that you're pregnant. Well, I mean, not you, Gina. <laughs> right? Come on, Josh. It just brings joy to my life because I know what it is to pray for something that you don't have. And seeing other people get what you've been praying for. But isn't it amazing to get to say that God still does miracles? I love you, man. Um, I had a soundtrack that I wanted to come into, but I'll just say this. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, Calmese, pa. Calmese, pa. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, I brought some gifts with me. Um, I brought them in a Lululemon bag. They're not Lululemon. I mean, we don't have that kind of money over there in Mexico. <laughs> They're H&M, right? Um, yeah, I brought them in a Lululemon bag. I thought that would look bougie or something, right? Um, but yeah, I, I brought you a shirt, Adam. And um, Drew and, and Jordan. Um, and and I'll, I'll give you a little history about that. But first, my name is Josh Barajas. I'm 26 years old. I'm here with my best friend and my wife, Francia. Here's a picture of my family. Um, yeah, that's my family. Uh, yeah. Th those two old guys right there, old people right there are my parents, Lupita, the bomb, and Raul, alias El Chulo. Uh, I get to, to call them parents, and I also have the privilege to call them pastors. Um, we've been in ministry, uh, we've been at it, at it a while. Um, well, just my, I'm already tired, I'm barely 26. Uh, it's been a minute. We oversee more than 40 churches throughout Mexico. I have the privilege not only calling them pastors or parents, but also working aside them and taking their vision, taking what their, their importation in, 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 in throughout Mexico. And um, I recently had uh, with my wife this really bad idea of opening a church in Culiacán, Sinaloa. Sinaloa, compa, um, where we travel week by week to a church, to, to do church and, and to see what God could do through obedience, right? Um, we, we are rapidly growing into two services. Our attendance is around a, 150 people uh, per Sunday. We are seeing miracles. We are seeing transformation. We are seeing restoration. We are seeing the work of God and um, really everything that we do is, um, it's possible throughout our team. Um, our our co-pastors are here with me. Jaime y Arlette, pueden poner de pie. Everything we do. Um, Everything that we get to do is because of the team that we have. I, I travel week by week, but also I, I take vacation. And um, it's just a privilege to say at, a, at an early stage of our church that, that I get to just to rest on Sunday. See, um, you were talking about this yesterday. Your dreams are as big as your team. And um, I believe in a big team, and I, I believe my dreams are, are really big. 
Uh, before I do continue, I do want to honor and give thanks to Pastor Adam and Pastor Carrie for having me over this weekend and believing in this random Mexican kid to bring the word uh, today. Uh, I really attribute a lot to Pastor Adam and Pastor Carrie and also Pastor Caro and, and Sister Bonnie and, and my parents as well for exposing me to quality ministry. I mean, you have mints in your restrooms. You have deodorant in your, I, with all purpose, I did not put deodorant on today so I could go come to the restroom and, and put it to use. And, and I really say that, I, I really mean that because um, I don't know if you know this, but you, you don't uh, grow up lying, liking quality things. You are exposed to quality things. And um, obviously that, that, that opinion is biased, whether you like Adidas or Nike, whether you like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Fendi, Prada, I don't, I don't know what you like or what you're into, uh, but you're only exposed into quality things. And um, I take value and honor into that because everything that I am, everything that I've become is because of my mentors in this front row. They've exposed me to quality ministry. And you have the honor of not just being exposed, but of exposing other people to quality pastors, to quality ministry, and to quality church. You don't, you don't grow up liking quality things. You grow up being exposed to quality things. And that's, and that's the essence of eleva ele elevation. Elevate. So I'm sorry about that. I'm not here to teach you salsa merengue, even though I can. I'm not here to teach you bad words in Spanish. I'm here to bring you the word of God this morning. But I do have one last question that's been bothering me this whole week. Are you guys Team Selena or Haley Bieber? But foul devil? Come, I thought you were better than this. We we believe in marriage, okay? We believe it. We're team Haley Bieber. I'm just kidding. Why don't you stand with me in your feet today, this morning? And why don't you bow your head and pray for these people over here in this corner? Uh, God, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you that you give us the privilege of not coming to hear Josh Barajas and, and his horrible English, but you give us the privilege on, on hearing your voice this morning. God, let your spirit speak this morning throughout this random Mexican kid. And Father God, I ask that our hearts and mind are transformed in you. In the name of Jesus, we all say, amen. You could be seated. You could be seated. See, uh, to dive in today's conversation, I would like to give you a little context of what Habakkuk is writing at the moment. He really is having a, a messy conversation with God in chapter one. Habakkuk was perplexed from seeing the downfall of Israel versus seeing how great God was and is. And it really didn't make sense to him because it really didn't add up to him. So, so he's perplexed on why God would allow this to happen. Have you ever been in this conversation with God asking him why? Habakkuk was in, in this conversation. He, he, he wasn't getting it. It wasn't making any sense. It wasn't, it wasn't adding up on how the wicked continue to do the wrong things and they will still prosper. It, it didn't make no sense on how they will still be in leadership and have authority over Israel. He was upset that the righteous were suffering and continued to suffer not, suffer, not only under them, but the consequences not of the righteous, but of the wicked. Have you ever had that conversation on why is it that the more that I try to do the right thing, it seems that the wicked are gaining territory? It was a time of injustice, idolatry, violence, sexual immorality, and, and a time where the Babylonian empire was rising. Doesn't it sound like the times that we're living in? Confusion and doubt were overwhelming Habakkuk's mind with what he was experiencing and seeing in the season that he was living. By this point, Habakkuk was tired, was exhausted, and stressed with what he was experiencing. Is someone tired this morning with what we're experiencing? 
I'm, I'm, I'm fed up with the donkey's agenda and the elephant's agenda. It's all about the agenda of the lamb. It's not about the right or the left. It's about the cross. I mean, I'm, I'm not political. I'm Mexican. I'm not political. I don't even know why I went there. I'm sorry. I'm Mexican. You know, I, I, I tried really hard this morning to, to be every stereotype that you have for a Mexican. I mean, the shirt, the hair slicked back. If you smell me, I smell like cologne. Um, why am I saying that? There's anointing on who you are. That's who you are, not who you think you are. So Habakkuk wanted an answer and he wanted an answer now. See, when the Bible, when I read the Bible, I like to think it's important to pay attention to the verbs. Why? Because they tell us a lot of what's going on and the action that they're taking. The, the action that they're taking really teaches us a lot on what we're supposed to do throughout seasons of our lives. So in chapter two, this conversation switch, switches gears and it starts picking up. So God answers Habakkuk. Why does God answer Habakkuk? Because he always has an answer for you. So this brings us to Habakkuk 2, 1 through 3, and it says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart. I'm, I'm reading from the New Kings version. I, I really didn't know what uh, version to teach out from because I, I usually teach in Spanish. So I just got the New Kings version. Is that okay with you guys? I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Keep that in mind. I will answer when I'm corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may, he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie, though it tarries. Wait for it because it will surely come. It will not so, so there's three things Habakkuk the, does. There's three verbs. There's three action that, that, that Habakkuk takes. There, he stands, he watches, he sets. He stands, he sets, he watches. There's, there's determination in, in the text that we're reading. There, determination. Um, determination? Determinación? See? Yeah? Okay. He stands, he sets, he watches. Determination. But the question that arises is, what is he determined for? What is he determined for? He's determined to hear what God is going to say and how he's going to answer to what God said. In other words, what he says, the message, what he will answer, his response. He is determined to hear and to respond. My question for you this morning is, when vision comes to you, how do you respond? How do you respond when vision comes to you? How, how did Habakkuk respond? He took responsibility. Can you say that with me? Responsibility. See, the reason why he took responsibility was because he saw the vision that God had for him and, he was, and what he was experiencing wasn't the vision that he saw. He said, I can't stay stagnant. I can't stay here. I need to do something. I need to respond. I need to take responsibility. I need to take what God gave me and I need to run with it. I need to take responsibility. He understood that today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Ain't that what we're leaving, living in today? What happened in our schools? I mean, I, I didn't have the privilege of going to an American school, but I heard that before starting school, you used to pray onto the God that does miracles. But we got complacent. Now we're living in captivity. 
Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. I would like to preach that, to that vision that's inside of you, that vision that is impregnated in your spirit and it is not letting you rest. That vision, that word that continues to bother you to start that project, to serve, to start that vision, to start that vision, that vision that is calling you to stop living below what you were created to be. But before this, we, we really need to talk a little bit about faith, you know, something that you already understand. I think that as followers of Christ, we understand the essence of faith. We know what it is and what it means. I mean, you already know this. You can, you can actually say this with me. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for, and it is the evidence of things that we can't see. But Romans 10, 17 gives us a different uh, aspect of it. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it's safe to say that there's no way that you could get faith without hearing about it. When we have faith, we, we hear. When we have faith, we, we hear God's voice. My question to you this morning is, what are you listening to? Is it the voice of God? I mean, Josh, I, I get this, right? I, I know this. I, this is Christian Talk 101. I mean, we have Pastor Caro to teach us about faith. I don't need you to teach us about faith. Yeah, but I just want to get this out of the way because some of us here are convinced that what God has placed in you, it's too big for you. Some of us here are convinced. We think that what he placed in us is too dumb or too impossible. Chiquito, chiquita, let me tell you, let me just say this. If God spoke it, he will do it. If God said it, he will do it. If God placed it inside of you, oh, he will take it out of you. We have faith in something because God has literally put it in our spirit. And once it's impregnated in our spirit, there is no scenario, there's no situation, there is no problem that we could go through life that could stop us from the word that has already been spoken unto us. I mean, that voice is the same voice that spoke galaxies into existence. What makes you think a little problem through life can stop him from doing what he said he will do? If he spoke it, he will. That vision that's impregnated in our being, that word that isn't letting you sleep, that vision that overshadows everything else and consumes you from the inside out, that vision, there's no problem, there's no economical struggle, oh, there's no political agenda that could stop what God has said that he will do in my life. I don't care if you're Mexican, I don't care if you don't speak good English, I don't care if you only know a few words, oh, I will do what I've said I will do in your life. You don't need to be Rex Crane. You don't need to be Drew Friedrich. You don't need to be Adam. You need to be who I've said you are. But just as Habakkuk, I mean, you, you can't just flirt, romanticize. Right? I, I, I used to be a, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure all of you guys know this. I, I used to like flirting. It was my sport. I didn't do cross country. Uh, I didn't play baseball or skate like Jordan. I flirted. I'm sorry, babe. I'm not gonna lie up here. You can't just flirt, romanticize with the idea of the vision that's inside of you. You must take responsibility. But isn't it hard? I mean, what God show, when God shows you something better of what you're currently experiencing, the truth is that it only complicates things because now the only thing that one can think or imagine or question is, how is it possible that you can lead me into a place of victory in my spirit when everything in my physical realm says absolutely the opposite? How is it possible that you could lead me to victory in my spirit, but everything that surrounds me, everyone that surrounds me, says completely the opposite of what you've said? 
How can I remain faithful when I do believe, but the longer it takes, my patience begins to wane? And to all honesty, I think that's our problem. Not the believing part. I mean, for, for me, it's, it's never been hard to believe. It's always been hard to wait. You, you, I've had conversations. I've had conversations with you. Many. I mean, 99% of our conversations on, on everything are, why do I have to wait? With my parents, why do I have to wait for sex? Why am I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Obviously thinking about sex. Where was I? <laughs> Our problem is that we don't like to wait. For some of us, it's not that we don't like, it's that we don't want to wait. Because when we have been used to the instant things in our lives and, and the more time passes, we lose interest and end up neglecting, ignoring the vision that God has given us. Have you ever been in a conversation and you begin to lose interest on it? Then you start thinking on how bad his breath stinks. You start thinking on the gap that he has in between his teeth. Then you start thinking about what you're going to eat. Have you, have you ever been there? That's most of my conversations. I, <laughs> you start losing interest. See, ignoring, neglecting is the act of abandoning or failing to properly care for something or someone. Ignoring is actually a form of abuse. I don't know if you knew that. If you ignore a child, you can literally stop their growth, you could slow their education and their development. My question is, or well, I'll, I'll state this. When we ignore, we stop growth or development. Are you ignoring God's calling in your life? Is that why you're frustrated this morning? Because you don't see growth? See, when we ignore, neglect, when we ghost our friends, my question is, did that friendship grow or did it disintegrate it? That son that we neglected for that second marriage you had, did that son became a part of the new marriage or did he, um, what do you call it, disintegrate? That business idea that calling that you had, but you ended up neglecting, did that grow or did that, uh, what's the word again? Disintegrate. See, neglecting God's vision causes us to perform poorly. Ignoring, when we ignore, we, we, we will never be able to grow. God did not call us to neglect his vision. He called us to care, to protect, and to run with it. Neglecting God's vision causes us to perform poor, poorly. It causes frustration. It causes jealousy. It makes us compensate. Have you ever compensated for something? Doesn't it hurt? I mean, when you're paying the bill and someone does not pay their plate or the tip, you have to compensate and that hurts my wallet. Like, dude, why aren't you paying the tip, bro? I was a youth pastor. I always used to pay the freaking tip. And it hurted that I had to compensate for the lack of commitment of other people. We were called to protect, to take care, and to run with it. There's a term I, I recently learned in kitchen, and, and it's, I don't know if you pronounce it this way, but in my, in my mind, you pronounce it miss and plus. Um, I believe you must, you must know this, Johnny and, and, and Jen, wonderful cooks. Carrie, that, that barbecue hamburger, remember that? Whew, I have problems because of that hamburger with Francia. I'm sorry. I, I 
keep on doing that. Misimplas, it means everything in its place. And the principle of misimplas teaches you that before you start cooking, you first, the first thing you have to do is prepare everything. And, and really the principle revolves around the more prepared you are, the easier it becomes to cook. See, it doesn't matter how good of a cook you are. If you're not prepared, you're going to mess it up. La vas a embarrar. And it doesn't matter how talented, how gifted you are. If you do not prepare, you won't be able to execute the task properly. And this is where Habakkuk is. He understands the following. He knows that he does not have the privilege of neglecting, ignoring what God has placed in him. So he takes responsibility. Why does he take responsibility? Because he understands this statement. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. So Habakkuk goes up to a high place. He takes action. He goes up to a watchtower to wait for the answer. Something that I've learned in my life is when God has given you a vision, you cannot stay in the same place. You can't stay where your ear is within the reach of other people's comments. When I was called to Culiacan, if I stayed in the same place where people would say, it's not gonna be possible for you to travel week by week. It's gonna be too tiring. It's gonna be too expensive. You're not gonna be able to do this. You're not gonna be able to do that. You're not gonna be able to do this. You're not gonna be able to do that. I wouldn't even start at that church. But because I took action and responsibility, I went to where my ear was not in within the reach of other people's comments. You must go to a high place. You can't stand around negative comments who are making you believe that you are below the promise of God. You can't stay where they're making you doubt what God could do in, in and through you. You must go to a high place. The answer is not where I stand. The answer is with him. Why? Because you can't let others distract you. You can't let others say what others say stop you. You can't let the enemy's lies lure you into living below what you were called for. If you stay where you stand, you will start believing that you were meant to live in the comfort of the life you created to fit with others. I'll just say this and I'll just say it really quick. I see Mexican people saying, I like country music. No, you don't. You ain't white. You ain't black. You brown, bro. Have you ever been there? Having to live the lie that you created for yourself? And passing by each night remembering what God said you, were be, you would be, but you end up living what you say you are? Ain't it suck? Don't drink the Kool-Aid. If you stay where you are, you will believe that you were only able to live in the addiction you find refuge in. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. If he said it, if God spoke it, it will come to pass. You ought to start climbing up. You have to start going up where the only voice you hear is God's voice. You start taking responsibility of what's inside of you and you start running with it. Why? Because when one goes up, God comes down. Habakkuk 2, 2, it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Josh, why, why do I have to write it? I've, I've already been with him. I, I've heard it myself. I saw it in my spirit. I, I don't need to write it down. I got this. No, you don't. You must write it down because when you write it, you understand what it is and not what it might. You understand what it is and not the idea of ministry that you have in your head. You understand what it is and not the platform that you want. You understand what it is and not the car that you want to acquire. You understand what it is 
and not what might. It's a huge difference. I mean, if you don't write it down, the enemy can come and distract you. If you don't write it down, you will twist what God said and how he said it. Write it down. That way you won't have to compensate and justify why you are living below what God has told you to become. Write that business plan down that he gave you. Write how he told you to run the business. Write how you see the idea, the book, the song. Write how that marriage looks. Write how that family looks. Write how that ministry looks. Write it down. Continue saying and make it plain on tablets. Write it on tablets. Write it down in tablets. Tablets were made of clay. You know what else was made of clay? We were made of clay. I think someone needs to get a new tattoo. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. I said that once and um, this random kid from a Mexican church came up to me a couple years after and said, oh, I got the church's logo on my, on my arm. And two months after, um, the, the church changed their logo. <laughs> Gotta make it easy to read, man. Because in those moments of loneliness, when the enemy is trying to make you doubt what you heard and saw was not true, he won't be able to change your mind because you have it written so clearly that even in the darkest night, you could read it. You have it written so clearly that your heart speaks it. You have it written so clearly that even with your eyes closed, you could see what God said you will become. You got it right. You have to write it down even when you go from Prada to nada. You, you got to write it down even when you go from Gucci to Fucci. You, you have to write it down even when you go from a BMW to a Honda. Ain't no, ain't no, hey, hey, hey. I have a Honda too. And it's pimping. I put some corridos on, girl, Ooh. Ain't nothing bad with the Honda. Ain't nothing bad with the Honda. I mean, I'll trade you mine for yours. What, what year you have? <laughs> you have to write it so clearly that even when your friends don't support you, you could actually read what he said you will become. You have to have it so clearly that even when they fire you, you can read what it says. You have to have it written so clearly that even if no one listens to your song or hear you preach, don't matter. You have to have it written so clearly that even with the doctor say it's not possible, you could read it, you could even read it to them and say, Ooh, he said it's possible. See, um, from September on to this point, it's been a really hard season. I mean, I've gone through cancer and God did his thing. Um, I've gone through uh, infidelity, not with, not with my wife, but with other people that really hurted me. And, and God did his thing. Um, but these past months have been hard. What I'm saying, um, from Prada to Nada, it's not just a saying that that actually happened. From Gucci to Fuchi, what I'm living from BMW to Honda that's where I'm at from having three four businesses to maybe having one from having a beautiful house to living in a borrowed house It ain't, it ain't pretty, it's ugly. <laughs> but this is what I've understand. What God told me that he would do through my generation is written so clearly. 
that I don't need all these commodities to still believe that if he said it, he will do it. Then it continues saying, for this vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. It will not tarry. See, the, the first tarry in the original language, this verse uses tarry twice. Although in Hebrew, it uses two different words that mean two different things. The first tarry is... Uh, Maha. I don't know if I'm reading that right or, or, or saying that right. Maha. I think I am saying it right. Which is an implication that means stay. And the secondary, it reads ahar. Ahar. Which is an implication that means delay. So the proper way of reading this verse would be, though it tarries, though it stays in one place, Wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry, it won't be delayed. See, your promise has been in one place for eternity. How does that make sense? Remember, we serve the Alpha and the what? Okay. So that means that God is outside of time. We serve the God of time, Josh, but how am I going to get to it? How am I going to run to it? How am I going to it? Just remembered I, I forgot something. See how it says run with it? Now I'll come back to this idea. But the question that arises when one reads run with it is, have you ever run to a place without having the directions? You, you don't do that. It's so clear to Habakkuk, why? Because when someone runs, they know the direction, meaning vision causes, gives you direction. So if some of you is running to a other place, check your vision. Coming back to this point, your promise has been in one place for all eternity. Remember, he is the alpha and the omega. He's outside of time. We serve the God of time. Josh, but how am I going to get to it? God has been working in you, directing you throughout your whole life. Though it stays in one place, wait for it because it will not be delayed. That's why the circumstances you have been living through. That's why the problems you've had to go through. Remember the giants you have to bring down? That's why. Remember the divorce you had to go through? Remember the abuse? Remember the betrayal? Remember the miscarriage? Remember the, the bankruptcy? If you've been asking why, that's why. Because although the promise stays in one spot, Wait for it, because you will be going to it. Your promise is in one place, and God is directing you to it. It won't take long. It's coming. And I would like, I would like to conclude with this. If I could get keys. Am I over? Am I under? You sure? <laughs> I like how the verse starts, because it, it's really a conversation. To, to me, it's, it's, I mean, it, it is a prayer, but, but to me, it's more, of a, it's more of a conversation. Because in a conversation, you get to interact. You, you get to exchange ideas. That's what a conversation is about. You, you, you get to exchange ideas. Habakkuk 2.1, it says, Habakkuk says, I will watch for what God will say to me. And it didn't stop there. It could have. But it continues on saying, and I will answer when I'm corrected. I won't answer to the vision. I will answer to who? To God. In other words, he presented 
his thoughts and ideas to God. And then was willing to hear from God and have those thoughts and ideas changed by God. See, sometimes we present our th thoughts and ideas to God, just expecting them, Him to say, yes, sir, I will do it. But Habakkuk was willing to let God change him in order to fulfill the vision that would ultimately bring total satisfaction to his soul's desire. He presented his thoughts. See, God showed him the vision. He said, I'm calling you to this. I'm rising you up. I'm impregnating this into your spirit. And then he allowed himself to have a conversation with God on, on saying what he thought. You're gonna be called to do this. Well, this is what I think, God. I think Jesus had that same conversation with God in Gethsemane. If it's possible, let this cup pass. There was a vision in Jesus. There was a calling in Jesus. But he presented his thoughts to God. And he allowed to be spoken by God. Allowing God to perfect the vision that he's placed in us brings satisfaction to our lives. Because one thing is to take the vision and run with it. Kicking, being mad, making negative comments, and you're still doing the task. But maybe this word for you this morning is, are you allowing God conversation with you of what you think of that idea I mean you won't have a better idea than God but he's willing to listen Josh but what was the vision that Habakkuk saw because I surely don't have a vision that's okay I would say not yet but let me tell you the word and vision that Habakkuk got. The word and the vision that he got was Babylon will fall. Although God might use a corrupt nation like Babylon does not mean he endorses it. He will hold all nations accountable to his justice and they will fall. Stand with me this morning. That oppression that you've been going through, God says, it will fall. The calamity that you've been going through, this morning God is saying, oh, it will fall. That injustice that you've been living throughout your whole life, he said, it's been waiting for you. It's going to fall. Sexual immorality for my generation is going to fall. Homosexuality for my generation, it's going to fall. Abortion will not have any place in my generation. It will fall.
It will fall. It will fall. It will fall. It will fall. It will fall. It will fall. The wicked will fall. That depression that you're going through, it will fall. That oppression that you've been going through, it will fall. That anxiety that you've been going through, it will fall. That drought that you've been going through, it will fall. That, those negative comments, those negative thinking, that negative thinking that you've been going through, it will fall. Tu suegra. Just kidding. Sorry, got confused. Got confused. She should fall. Hallelujah. someone have vision this morning? Someone have vision this morning? How does that look? 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 It doesn't look like where we're at. It doesn't look like where I'm standing. How does that vision look? It doesn't look like this platform. How does that vision look? It doesn't look, it doesn't sound like the songs that we've been singing. How does that vision look? How does that vision look? It doesn't, it doesn't read as that book that's been coming out through Praise Chapel. It, it, it's not that, it's not that. It's something new. How, how does that vision look? It's not this building. I don't know why I'm saying that. It's not this building. How does that vision look? How does that vision look? How does that vision look? How are you going to respond to that vision? How are you going to respond to that vision? How are you going to respond to that vision? Are you going to take responsibility? How are you going to respond to that vision? Are you going to be complacent? How are you going to respond to that vision? How are you going to respond to that vision? Are you just going to stand there? How are you going to respond to that vision? Are you going to take responsibility and say no more? You foul devil. I'm going up. I'm running up. I'm running with it. I know where I'm going. I don't need you to tell me where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I've seen it. I've read it. I, I have it in my heart. Where am I going? I know where I'm going. How does that vision look to you? How are you responding to that vision? Are you taking responsibility for that vision? There's a generation that's awaiting for you. There's a family that's awaiting for you. There's people in Orange that is waiting for you to take responsibility on taking that vision and going running with it. There's a school that's waiting for it. There's a wife that's waiting for you. There's children that are waiting for you to be raised by a man of God, to be raised by a woman of God. There is someone waiting for you to take responsibility. Ah, for you to take responsibility and say, I'm not going to be complacent. I'm not going to live in captivity. I'm going to rock with it. I'm done. darkest night you can light it up sing it out church you can light it up oh god of revival sing it out let hope arise death is overcome you've already won oh god of revival come on sing it again the darkest night come on lift it up you can light it up, you can light it up, God of revival, oh yeah, let hope arise, oh death is overcome, oh yeah, you've already won, God of revival, come on sing it one more time, the darkest night, you can light it up, yes you can, you can light it up. 
on, don't you love seeing the younger generation on the stage? This is an amazing thing. Come on, just like Pastor Drew was saying last night, the baton being passed to the younger generation is such an amazing thing. I love Elevate for that reason. Such an amazing, we're glad that everyone has joined with us this morning. We're glad that you're joining in with us. If you're just joining in with us today, we are in the middle of the Run With It conference and it has been amazing. It's been an amazing time together here in the house of God and it's not over yet. Aren't you glad we got one more session tonight? And it's a session that we're really looking forward to for so many reasons. There's some amazing announcements that we're gonna be that we're gonna be shared by our pastors that we're really, really excited about. And I hope that you come ready to hear them. We're gonna hear from our lead pastor, Pastor Adam, tonight, which I'm really excited about. And I, I he's already told me, he's already told me, get ready. I'm going to unleash some stuff tonight. He's already said it. So we're going to hold him to that. And I want to hear what he has to say. And I believe God's going to speak to him. Don't speak through him. Don't you? Aren't you glad today? We want to, we want to encourage you to come tonight. Come ready. Come early. Come prepared. It starts at 7. 7 o'clock tonight. So come early. Hang out. Spend some time. Prepare. Engage with some people. Let God get you fired up. And then let's, let's, let's throw this. Let's have a party tonight. Let's really enjoy it. As you go from this place. Have a great day. We'll see you later on tonight.